Welcome to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nolan Edwards. To learn more about Champions Church, visit GodsChampions.com. I want you to declare something with me that we're going to talk about today. I want you to declare with me what it says in Nehemiah. I want you to declare the truth, this truth. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Man, that makes me feel good just saying it right like that. Now, declare it with me. The joy of the Lord. Now, now I want to I do this, actually. We do this, actually. One of the ways to study the Word of God in private devotion is to put in, take a verse and put emphasis on the main structure of the verse so let's put a strong let's start off with putting strong on joy and then we're going to put the strength on lord well let's see we can put joy of yeah okay so let's do strength lord my and then let's put uh emphasis on joy lord my and strength and we're going to say it four times you ready so emphasis on joy this time and let's really put the emphasis on it you ready one two three the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now let's do the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If you listen to it, it has different connotation to you at the point that you say it and declare it. And some of you, each one might, one of them might stick out more than the other. Here, let's do number three. My, here we go. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. Now let's do the last one. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. So that resonates in different fashion depending on the emphasis. But all of them have a resounding to your spirit. It resounds. It, it awakens something within you. And the spirit of God will speak to you as you now get into the word. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you need to get into the Word. So whatever level you're in the Word right now, get into a deeper level of the Word. Whatever level you're in, go deeper. If you get, anytime you begin to get satisfied with God, well, let me tell you something. Never get satisfied because He has more. I want you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 46 because I'm going to expound off of this this morning. And I was going to use one verse out of here. But I, after I was reading, I go, no, no, no. We need to read all of chapter 46 of Psalm this morning, Psalm 46. So here we go. Let's, uh, you can follow along. Um, uh, yeah, and I'll read it. And I'll tell you where to chime in. God is our refuge and strength. In other words, he's mighty and impenetrable. A very present and well-proved and well, and well help in trouble. How many's been? How many's he's well proved? He's well proved in trouble for your life. He's well proved, very present. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth shall should change, and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its roaring. There is a river. Did you know this? There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. 
the holy dwelling places of the Most High. There's a river that flows there, and it makes glad the city of God. God is in the midst of her, his city. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations made an, made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered and were moved. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is and with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. In other words, our refuge, our high tower. Salah. Come. Come, behold the words of the Lord. Who has brought desolations and wonders on the earth? He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow into pieces and snaps the spear into. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God. Some of you this morning need to take a pause. Be still and know He's God. And in that, joy will return. Be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God. I will be exalted. Among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth, and the Lord of hosts is with us. Can you say that with me? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. He's our refuge, our high tower. Think about it. Dwell upon it. Meditate on that day and night. The Bible says if we meditate on his word day and night, we will be like the tree planted by the water, the river, the flowing river, the joyful presence of God river. We will be planted by it, by his word, and we will be like a tree planted by the water that bears much fruit in every season. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It says, I want to, this is the verse I was going to start, I was going to use, but I wanted to read all that. Isn't that a great passage? I love that passage. Psalm 46 verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. It says in the Passion Translation, God has a constant flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. They bring joy, it brings joy and delight to his people. Let me tell you something, church, if you're wondering, God is a very happy God, God is a joyful God. If you look, people look in the, in the, in the Old Testament and they think God was a grumpy God ready to squash you, but that's not reality. Everything that God has done leading up to now and what he will be in forever, he's good and he's joyful and he wants his joy to be instilled in the center, at the center of your life. One of the things that God is, is along with love, peace, pa uh, patience, uh, uh, merciful. How many glad he's merciful? God is merciful. God is good. And God is full of joy. The, right, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. 
It's the center. It's not the caboose at the end of the train dragging along. No, it's the engine. It's the fuel in the engine pulling the train and leading your life. Joy. Joy. We sing about joy unspeakable and full of glory. Okay, that's an old one. Sunday nights when I was a kid. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now the past has never yet been. Anybody remember that hymn? And there's a whole group going. <laughs> I remember so many hymns, but they're great. Many of them great truths. Joy unspeakable. It's not speakable. It's, it's beyond words. His joy inside of you and me. Psalm 1611, I, I, I uh, oh, it's six, Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of joy. Listen, in your presence, Father, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, listen, are pleasures forevermore. I'm telling you, we serve a good God. I'm telling you that He is with you right now. Turn to somebody right now. Look at them. They need to hear this. God is with you right now. And He is full of joy. God is the source of joy. Just as He's our source, as I mentioned, of love, joy, peace, patience, mercy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Romans 14, 17, I just mentioned this passage. For the kingdom of God is not a matter. This is at a point and bringing it to a point of context of the, of the passage of Romans 14. It's talking about eating this or not eating that. And, and when it came down to it at the end of it, uh, end of all this summarization of it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. When times get tough, when things press in on every side, how do you respond? When things get tough, what happens in your conduct? What happens... In your temperament, what happens with inside of you? Even in your facial expressions, that I've got one of those faces that it, I have to be watchful to have a poker face because my face usually tells all. It usually does. It tells all because I'm have this expression of face and it's just really easy to do for me and I have to watch that but in your difficult times in your tough times even what does your face look like does it look like you just ate 40 pounds of liver and 30 sour lemons because I I tell you I hate liver and my face would be like My brother, I bless you to eat all you want. Because I ain't touching it. 
There's too many good things without having somebody's stuff flowing through it. <laughs> All right, focus. When times are tough, how do you react? Times are difficult. What's your attitude like? Do you let the hard times get you down? Do you find yourself less friendly? Do you find yourself having a hard time making decisions? What upsets you? You say, and we say, and we do, we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and my God, I'm so grateful. This morning we celebrate him, and my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we celebrate We need to stop and just praise him. Because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and so is yours. But when things are not going your way, and, you're su- and you've suffered real disappointments, or hurt, or physical pain, how do you respond? Do people ask, what's this all about? I thought you were a Christian. Are you the same, aren't you the same person when things, are you the same person when things are wrong as when things are right? When you find yourself disappointed and you want to hang it up and you want to walk away, what happened to your faith, your relationship with Christ? That relationship that doesn't change, it doesn't change. But possibly the way you express it changes because you need to be aware of the difference between what is happiness and what is joy. What's the difference? For a moment, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, 1 through 4. One of the things that Paul says immediately is rejoice always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. You know, it's an interesting thing. In the four chapters, it's a small chapter, small book. But about every seventh word in that is either about joy or be joyful. And what's extra interesting to me is that where he's writing this from. Rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. Be joyful, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. He's in the middle of captivity. He's in the middle of prison and probably, most likely, expecting to be killed for his faith. I don't know about you, but that's probably categorizes as not having a good day. But here he is in prison, and he's saying, rejoice! Again, I say, rejoice. And I remember Paul even said at one point, he said, pray that I have boldness to declare what I need to declare even though what he declared already in boldness got him in prison. But from prison, he told the church, pray that I have boldness to declare what God wants me to declare. See, out of perspective, he flowed from the joy, the revelation of the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, if I was in his situation, if you were, think about it, put yourself in Paul's situation. He's in prison, been beaten, isolated, and expecting to die. He writes, be joyful. (laughs) 
rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. And, you know, I got to wonder if I was in his shoes, would I be talking about the great things that God had done or would I be complaining? Paul didn't have just a little joy. He had unspeakable and full of glory joy. He had a revelation. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He became Saul, Paul from Saul. And he never forgot it. How many of you this morning have forgotten where God has brought you? How many of you have forgotten the joy that when you came to Jesus, you received? I'm not saying you have, I'm just saying how many have you? How many have? Because sometimes we need to go back to where we started to remember where we are today, to remember the faithfulness of God, to remember that first moment. I remember I never smiled so much on that day than the day I gave my life to Jesus. So where does it go? And why does it go? If it does go, why does it go? What makes the difference? You see, happiness is about circumstances. Joy is about relationship. Circumstances, what you have, what has you. What circumstances are you walking through? That determines happiness. Somebody says, I just want to be happy in life. Well, that's probably a short-sighted goal. And it's fleeting. How many of you recognize happiness is fleeting? If your bank account's full, I'm happy. I got a raise. I'm happy. Having problems with the kids, not so happy. My bank account's empty, and I don't know where I'm going to get a job. I'm not so happy. I mean, you can put any connotation, any analogy, wherever you're at, what happiness does is according to circumstances, joy is about relationship. It's constant. And it never changes. It's within you. Happiness is based on conditions, whatever, whatever that may be. And joy is based on relationship. My conditions, situations, if you notice, every single day they change. And so if you're about happiness, and according to how everything's flowing perfectly, well, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to be happy very often in this life. You'll have your moments, but then you'll have your other moments because life comes at you fast. I remember this week we had just gotten uh, this huge patch of roof done and that patch of roof done and, and this one done, and then, and then we come to realize, oh, we got a leak here and a leak here and a leak here. Stinks. At the same time, once I got up and analyzed, analyzed it and I got our roofer guy and we analyzed it, we were like, praise God, it's just little bitty problems that we just need to follow up on. What happens to you when conflict comes? See, a relationship with Jesus Christ never changes. My relationship with Christ can sustain me through any difficulty, any hardship, any trial. But happiness, it won't. Paul wrote from prison, rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, because he understood that his surroundings were terrible, they stunk, 
He's been beaten with a rod. He's been chained. He's in isolation. And they told him, you're going to die. And yet, he's rejoicing. Someone cuts us off in traffic. We're late for work. The boss says something that's not so kind instead of something encouraging. And we have the worst day since. And all of our joy, all of our happiness is gone. And you know what seems to happen the most is, is we forget that it's not what happens around us. It's what really matters. It's how we deal with what happens around us. And we deal with it from the source of joy that's flowing from within. So it doesn't matter what storms you walk in the middle of. It doesn't matter the circumstances that are difficult. And as Paul said on another passage, I'm pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. Persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Why? Because he understood the principle of feeding yourself from that which is within you, and that's your relationship with God, which is always full of joy. joy of the Lord is my strength. You feel weak today. Get in his presence. Let his joy give you an encounter in your heart, an encounter in your heart. Awaken. Fix your thoughts on him, the Bible says. He'll lift that burden. In his presence is fullness of joy. There is a river whose streams made glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. The prophet prophesied what Jesus did for us and our salvation. Let's look in Isaiah 12, 3. It says, therefore with joy you, draw wa- you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's a prophetic, that's a prophetic declaration that's a, to our day today. And it says in John 3, 37, John 7, 38, and Jesus said this, Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And another passage says from his belly and from your core, it will literally flow, flow, flow. So why is it, why is it church, why is it? that some people you come in contact that are believers seem like it's not flowing. Something stopped it up. I propose to you there are things, actually I've recognized in my own life, there are things that you will come in contact with or that you allow or that you don't recognize that actually stop the flow of joy in your life. They literally stop it, even though it's there. There's like, it's like the river's flowing, but then all of a sudden it's dammed up, and there's a Hoover Dam in your heart. There's a Hoover Dam in your life that needs to be unblocked. It needs to flow again. 
And that's the whole point of this message. Some of you need to let the joy of the Lord flow again. And there's some things I want you to recognize today. One of the most obvious ones, here's the one of the most obvious, okay? It's the Captain Obvious in the room. You ready? Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious, tell us. What is that obvious thing that can stop up the river of joy? Sin. Obvious, right? It's obvious. Thanks, Pastor. I know sin. Sin actually wars against God. And it's actually counter to the flow. It offers joy. It offers the easy way but it brings hardness and it blocks up the flow. When we give place to sin, we stop the flow. Now I want to hit this on a little bit of a, let me give you a quick passage in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 45 through 48. It says this, that God is talking to um, the children of Israel. It says, if you refuse to listen to your Lord, your God, and to obey the commands and decrees he has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed and these horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever if you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received. And that's the whole point I want you to hear. If you do not serve the Lord with your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received. In other words, I'm seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness and I am in alignment with him, and I am serving him with all of my heart because he is my joy. I don't have to find another source of joy. He is my source, and therefore that's the whole point he's telling the children of Israel. You've looked for other things. you look for other places. You've searched this, and you wanted that. And let me tell you something. I am your source. And if they understood that, they would have entered into the promised land and not a whole generation back realizing that God is good, God is, God is full of joy and that we follow Him because we know in expectancy that He's going to do what He said He's going to do. Instead, there's a whole generation that never reached the promised land because they died in the wilderness. A whole generation. The lack of a glad heart was the source of Israel's sin and then divine judgment came and the lack of joy leads to sin, and sin leads to a lack of joy. In other words, you're saved, you're set free, and, and, and yet you, go, you get into moments of oppression and depression, and you allow these things to come, and you're not tapping into the source, but you're allowing circumstances to move your life, and, and you're letting these things to, to, to dominate you. And sometimes, too, you begin to... Uh, uh, dabble into this and dabble into that. And you'll wonder where your joy is gone. Sin blocks the flow. It dams up the river. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, lay aside the weights. Lay aside the weights. And run the race. Get in right standing John, Jesus said this in John chapter 15. He, said, he says this, verse 10 through 12. 
He says, if you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Now get this. He says, I have told you these things so that my joy... How many of you know Jesus was the most joyful person? The Bible says he had more joy, overwhelming joy. He was joyful, more joyful than any. The culmination of all of them put together was in Jesus, and his joy was great. He says, I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy, your joy, may be made full and complete, and get this, overflowing how if you keep my commandments and obey my teaching and remain in my love obey my commandments keep them obey them I know them I keep them I obey them and I remain in your love And my joy, his joy, will come overwhelmingly to my understanding. And it will come bubbling up from within me. Here's, David said this, he said, Psalm 51, 10, says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. And he said something interesting. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. Now here's my point. There's some sins that are just blatantly obvious. Don't have to name them all. But here's what I sense to tell you today to encourage you. What sin are you currently winking at? Winking at sin. I'm accepting a sin in my life. I'm just winking at it. Meaning, just a little sin. Let me just say this, guys. I just sense to tell you that that was something as I woke up this morning that the Lord says, quit winking at sin. In other words, allowing the little sin that you think, because you wonder then, because it leads to other things. It leads to hardening of heart, which actually rec gets to a place where you don't hear his voice. Listen to me. You don't hear his voice as well. So then you feel isolated. You sense that you're isolated. And then you begin to wonder, each day begins a domino effect. It's kind of like starting off off-center just a little bit. I'm just off-center just a little bit. So it seems like I'm pretty straight, right? It seems like I'm pretty straight. But in five years from now, you take that off-center line and where are you at? You're center. Now, five years from now, you're here. Ten years from now, you're here. Fifteen years, you're here and here's the center line. Bible says don't give a place, don't give entrance, don't give an iota to the enemy. Don't wink at sin. Don't wink at it. 
Don't accept it. It literally wars against God. It begins one block into the river that's coming into your joyful life. Because Jesus wants, it, wants your life to be overflowing. Overwhelmingly flooding your life. It's where every day is an incredible adventure with His presence. And you receive His love and then give His love. Anybody with me right now? So quit winking at sin. It's just this. I'm still 90% serving God. Whatever percentage, I'm not going to put a percentage for you. You can do that. Because you know, no one in this room knows better than you how much you're serving God. Nobody knows. No one's in your shoes. Nobody's by you. Nobody's when you're by yourself on your computer or uh, uh, what you're thinking about, what you're dwelling on, what you're focused on, what your meditation from out of the meditation of your heart, your mouth speaks, and you are the sum total of your thoughts. So no one knows but you. No one. Oh, God. He knows. And you know what? He's a good father. He says, you might want to quit winking at sin and come follow me. I'm, I'm knocking on your heart's door. Let me in to another level. And this is the call of the hour. This is the call. This is at the end of this amazing time of worship. The call of the hour is to let him in. So why? It's not so that you go. He person. It, it, it's the Holy Spirit always brings us to another level of him if we're listening to him. It's not to bring us to a place of condemnation, but to encourage us to a place of greater intimacy. This is my commandment. It says on in verse 12, this is my commandment. As he's talking about, he said this, he says, if you keep my commandments, obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I've kept them. I've told you things that your joy may be, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. And this is my commandment. Goes on. Immediately says that you love and unselfishly seek the best for another just as I have loved you. Another, listen, another log on the flow of your river is when life remains all about you and you walk by those in need and don't care. Some of the, it's amazing when you get your focus off of your own interests and you look out for the heart of another and you see them blessed from your attention how the joy of the Lord begins to abound in you because you just did something. You imitated your father because as he's loved you, you're loving others. And it's, it opens up the floodgates of joy. Oh, that we, let me tell you something, this church, I'm, I'm, I'm proud in so many ways of this body because you, you learn to put your self-interest aside and step into the life of another and release help and love and support and finances and encouragement and 
you make a phone call, you do the, the things that aren't always convenient, because how many of you know love isn't always convenient? But you have an assignment, and you have an, and, and when you do that, how do you feel? <laughs> it's awesome. So the more you do that, you're going to continue to release and allow the floodgates of heaven to, out of your heart, out of your belly, will flow rivers of living water, and joy will overwhelm you because you are not focused on yourself, but you're focused on others. And there's a river that flows, and it's also a healing river. It's an anointing river because you've been spending time with the king, now you're releasing it to others. Freely you receive, now freely give. Flow. Joy. It says, let me give you another one. When we fail to praise him in the midst of difficulty... Because it says in Romans 5, 3, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Man, it is. And then it says this. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and the the one up there is a little expanded. It's on the Amplified. But it's this. It's three verses with a period after each one. Rejoice always. Point, period. Pray without ceasing. Period. And in everything give thanks. For this, for this is the will of God. What? For you in Christ Jesus. Some of you are saying, okay, What's the will of God for my life? I want to know what the will of God is for my life. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And it says in New Living, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. How many of you know, walking that out, it's different to declare it, and it's way different to walk that out. I mean, can we have any honest people in the room? Can you raise your hand if you found it very difficult to do that verse? <laughs> Wait. I got two hands and a leg. I'd raise four arms, two arms and two legs if I could. Because, yeah, it is difficult. Why is it the most difficult? Let's just talk. Why is it the most difficult thing to do? Go against the flesh. Anybody else? Is the enemy always stealing your joy? Or are you letting him? Anybody else? It's hard to be thankful in the rotten things. Anybody else? 
I'm just opening it up to our small group this morning. Small group ministry, so we do this kind of stuff, small group. We talk and pray, unearth things, right? So there's a lot of reasons, but I'm going to tell you something. A lot of times it's because we lose our focus on the one who makes all the difference. And he said in Romans 8, 28, and I will cause all things to work together for the good to those who are in Christ Jesus. And we forget that. And we, we walk away mentally from our source of joy, which means that we walk mentally away from the king and his truth. We don't mean to do it, but some of it is a discipline. It's a discipline to get back to the, the plumb line of his kingdom and staying firm and fastened because he said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I have all that you need when you need it. You can trust me. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge me, and I will make your path straight. Nothing can separate you from my love. Nothing. I only give good gifts to those. I only give good gifts to my kids. We lose focus, and we get into, that's the only way. That's the only way that we walk away from joy is because we've lost the focus of his word. And somewhere in that, we don't believe him. Somewhere in that, we say, I don't believe you, God. Hear me. Isn't that true? We say, God, I don't believe you. So, I'm not going to be happy. And I'm definitely not, I'm going to dam up the river in my heart. And it's going to get hard. And I'm going to complain. And I'm going to say all kinds of things I shouldn't say. And I'm going to be grumpy. And people are going to know it. They're going to know I'm having a bad day, a bad week, and a bad month. It's been a bad year. Why? Because... We walk away from the truth and we say, God, I don't believe you. Isn't that the core? Because God's word is true. We unvalidate it. Not, it we, his word is valid. We unvalidate it because we choose not to be in faith and remain so that we can become strong and endure so that we can step into our next season. Guess what happens? We have to go through a season again so that when it comes, okay, I got it this time. Lord, you are good. You are faithful. You're amazing. Nothing can take my joy. The world didn't give me this joy, and the, Lord, the world surely can't take it away from me. It doesn't matter what I walk through. It matters who's with me, who walks with me. And in that, I have joy. Joy. And even, Paul says, even if you take my life, it's okay for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Either way, I'm good. 
let me tell you something. If you think you can run your life better than God, you're not going to experience his joy. You hear me? If you think you can run your life better than God can, you will always be looking for happiness and not connected to the source of joy. And until you get to the place where you release it into the hand of God, joy will be dammed up in your heart. Because there's somewhere in there you're saying, God, I can do it better than you, and I don't believe you, and I don't trust you. Tell me. Tell me that is not true. I know it is. Let's stand together. So I want to encourage you, if that is a part of your life, I don't believe you, I don't trust you, I would encourage, I would encourage you to hit the altar and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. If sin, you're winking at sin in your life, God, foothold becomes a stronghold, becomes a life you don't want. It just takes one wink. Refuse to wink at sin. Last time I read, God says, I hate sin. So why do we who are children of God wink at it? He says, I, I need you to forgive people that have done things to you. Some other time, God. I need you to listen twice as much as you speak and not be critical some other time. I need you to quit gossiping and talking about people that aren't in the room with people that have nothing to do with the equation some other time. So if you lost focus, let the Holy Spirit bring you back to clarity of focus. Trust the Lord. Let him bring you to a place of renewed trust. Get in his presence. It's not something that we get in his presence and then walk away unchanged. The whole point of being in his presence is there's fullness of joy, there's freedom. Let him bring the freedom that you have to conceive. Let go and let God. Praise in the midst of difficulties. Focus on his goodness. 
your joy begins to flow again. Praying and seeing prayers answered, the joy flows. If you lost your joy, then you've lost your focus. Ephesians 1.3 says, He has, has, has tense, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Romans 8.28, And we know all things work together for the good to those who are in Christ Jesus. Regain your connection this morning. Regain your love for others. Regain your focus on His goodness. Regain your praise in the midst of difficulties. That your joy may be full. And that you declare once again the joy of the Lord is my strength. Would you say amen with me? We should be the most vibrant, enthusiastic, joyful people on the planet. We have the answer, and He's lavished His love upon us. So much so that people go, hmm, can I have what you got? Yes, you can. Yes, you can, right now. Hmm. So I'm going to ask... <coughs> And ask our prayer team to come forward. And I've asked our team before service if they had words of knowledge. Um, I want them to bring them right now at this time. If you have any words of knowledge for the body this morning that the Holy Spirit's highlighted to you, come ahead. Okay, um, first thing I heard was temperature. Um, something inside, um, hot, cold, something's off with temperature. Um, seems basic, but tooth pain, but was leading into jaw. Something about a tooth, but also into jaw. And then the last thing I heard was fear. Um, I think there's a little a basic level of it, but I felt like this was like a grippling fear. Fear of the future, fear of the unknown, but something pretty, really crippling for you. I just have one. This is something that I felt. It wasn't an impression. Someone has a pain, um, kind of a steady pain or a soreness in their left heel. So I got two things. Uh, one is Someone has pain in their lower back on the left side. And then other one is like, there was a death in the family and that uh, you're dealing with a lot of depression and you're not really handling it well. So, um, yeah. So, hey, any of those words for you, just come on forward. The team's going to pray. And I just encourage you guys, just be obedient to whatever the Holy Spirit says to you today. I think one of the things that stops the flow is when we don't walk when He says to walk and we don't react or move. 
Listen, if anything touched your heart to say, I, my, mm, I need to make some changes, and the Holy Spirit's highlighting that, my greatest encouragement to you is act on it. Act on it. Because that's going to release the understanding of the joy within you. And it's just going to keep the flow going. You want the flow going of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I just want to encourage you, anything I've talked about, or something I didn't say or mention, but the Holy Spirit highlights to you. Now, these guys are here to pray with you. You're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the beginning of joy. The world can't give you that joy. Only Jesus Christ can. And you can start that today. Maybe you're away from God because you've gone off your own way. You've just gone off your own way. And, and disappointments led to to uh, destructive acts, destructive acts, to hurt and to pain, and you walk in that out and you're away from God, but you want to come back today. Tell your day. I'm going to just pray over you. Need healing in your body? This team's ready to pray for you. Why don't you just close your eyes for a second, though? You just release this over you. Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with this superabundance until you radiate with hope. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In Jesus' name, amen. So the altars are open, come. God bless you as you go. Thanks for listening to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe for more content each week. If you'd like to learn how you can partner with us, visit godschampions.com.